This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Love every shot with the most complete ball in golf. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada, one-hour winter edition of GTC. But lots going on in the world of golf and lots to get to today. And uh, the gang's all here. Bob Weeks, Adam Scully, yours truly. And as Bob and I were you know, enjoying some late kind of fall golf, and, and I will say right off the top, I'm not, you know, I'm quite open. I'm not a big fall golf guy. Now, people, Canadians love fall golf because of the colors, and I know it's very pretty. I, I'm not a big fall golf guy. I feel uh, the cold and the damp uh, sinking in, but the pictures and the images are great. But by Bob and I were, you know, kind of just casually squeezing some golf in. Adam was making his Sports Center debut. So, you know, apparently Bob and I are calling it a year. And Scully, you're, uh, you're, you know, you're head deep in a sports center. Well done, my friend. You nailed it. We all knew you were going to nail it. Yes. Complete vet. We knew it already. Um, and did you have fun? Oh, it was a blast. Thank you. I, um, it was great to host it with Carol Waglin, too, who I've known for uh, quite some time. She was actually the first person I met when I first started working at TSN back in 2012 uh, on the, the row, as we call it, in the newsroom. So uh, it's funny how it all worked out, but uh, I have to thank everyone uh, who's reached out to me. Uh, it's Honestly, it's been overwhelming, uh, the amount of people who I haven't heard from in years or friends, family, coworkers, everybody. Uh, my phone was absolutely blowing up on uh, Friday because I hosted on Thursday evening into Friday uh, the, the, the shows all morning and because I, I told some people that this was happening I told you guys I told some friends I told some family but I didn't tell that many people so the amount of emails or texts I got saying well I'm eating breakfast this morning and I hear this voice and I'm thinking who on earth is that oh wait it's you so it was, it's, been a, it's been a wild couple of days and fun to also host on Friday evening with Tessa Benham and, and Kelsey Braid as well. So it's, it's, been a, it's been a wild week. And I also got some fall golf in as well on Saturday, which was great too. Well, congratulations, Adam. You did a great job. Bob, he nailed it and uh, you were nailing it. You were out uh, just kind of playing a little uh, fall golf at Weston. Those pictures look beautiful. I mean, there wasn't a cloud in the sky with some of those pictures you were posting there. I think the one on Twitter, where are you playing? You, you threw it out there. Yeah, I, I got to admit, I overdressed for the occasion. I thought it was going to be a little cooler. <laughs> yeah. but we had a frost delay. I think most courses in the Toronto area did have a frost delay. And then um, when I got out there, we were playing in shirt sleeves. And it was uh, it was a spectacular day. Now, they've, they've punched the greens at Weston, so... We didn't really do too much on the putting side. We just gave ourselves automatic two putts. You tried to make the one. So my score was pretty good. Too bad I can't enter it. Or maybe a good thing that I can't enter it. I don't know. But anyway, it was, uh, it was a fun to get out. And um, looks like later this week, it's kind of a crummy day here in Toronto where we're, we are right now. But um, looks like the later this week is going to be some more fine weather up in the high teens and sunny. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Yeah, well, even uh, if you're listening to us on TSN 1050 here in southern Ontario, even tomorrow uh, being Tuesday... Uh, they're suggesting in the afternoon, 17 degrees and, and sunny uh, once we get past 11 noon. So I'm hoping for nine more holes. If, if, that, wow. if that forecast is accurate, I'm going to try for nine more, uh, and then that'll be it for me because I am off to Mayakoba uh, for PGA Tour Radio. Crack of dawn, the 4.30 a.m. limo pickup 
Wednesday morning to go to work, and when we Oops. land, it's straight to the golf course. So, And the weather, gents, in Mayakoba for Wednesday, Thursday, not looking good. It's hot, as it always is, but we could be playing catch-up, as we usually do in Mayakoba. I've worked Mayakoba two or three times, and I've had two Monday finishes in Mayakoba because oh. we have shortened daylight, the clocks turn, and we're usually dodging thunderstorms and sideways rain. So it might be, I, I'm scheduled to fly home Monday direct from Cancun. That could easily turn into a Tuesday uh, direct. We will wait We will wait and see. Anyway, uh, lots to get to first here in hour one. We will recap Bermuda as Seamus Power. Bobby Weeks, five, sorry, four in a row now for the Team GTC as Bob pulls it out of the hat. Seamus Power with his second career win. We'll get into that. The fact that Team Golf Talk Canada is doing this in the fall in these very hard to pick because these are watered down fields. There's a, not a lot of uh, horses for courses plays here because most of the guys that played well here last year didn't come back because they've moved on to kind of the next stage of their career. It is tough. We are getting it done. If you're not listening to our TSN Edge picks each week, you are losing. Full stop. End of story. We did it again. Uh, we'll look at Bermuda. We'll do winners, where to what, lots to get to. But first, let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. All right. I intentionally did not reach out to either one of you gentlemen because I was so confused by some of the statements. I don't know. Confusion might not be the right way to go but i didn't want your opinion till we got to the air because i wanted to i wanted to, to tell you how i read the the martin slumbers comments uh from this week on live golf of course it was the asian pacific amateur championship this week we'll get to the leaderboards later on in the show but the rna chief and, and one of the leads on the official world golf ranking committee came out and suggested there will be an official comment from the rna regarding the Open Championship and live golfers in early 2023. Um, I didn't learn anything, guys, from these comments. Uh, I assume that live golfers would be able to play in the Open Championship if they have qualified through the qualification process, which uh, Dustin Johnson, Cameron Smith, like there's a handful of guys that have access to, to the Open Championship. I assume that. I believe Martin's statements have reconfirmed my assumption that if you've qualified for the open, it's going to remain open. You're going to be able to qualify through our qualification process, what that is. After that is where I get super confused. Bob, and I'm paraphrasing, he talks on one hand about the importance of having the best players in the world and the importance of having the best field there. And some people on social media translated that to there might be a live golf qualification angle to the Open Championship, which I kind of scratched my head and said, I didn't really get that from those comments. And then on the flip side of that coin, he talked about golf not losing its values and that some, you know, that, that some of these, uh, that maybe live golf isn't upholding the values of, of what the RNA and what they feel golf should be and the equal, and, and basically, how you can advance and qualify in interfields and exit fields that, ex that exhibition invitationals don't don't achieve that. I found a lot of the statements contradictory, and I and I don't I think I know less now than I did Friday. How how did you take these statements? Uh, I kind of 
took it to mean, and knowing Martin Slumbers a little bit of his MO and stuff, I, I kind of took it to believe that they're going to keep all the doors that were previously open, open. So if you were uh, a past champion, so Phil Mickelson, Louis Wu stays in, and on and on and on, all the, uh, there's about four or five of them, uh, Henrik Stenson, who are on there, they're going to stay in. They are, if you are, happen to make it through the world rankings by some <laughs> way, shape, or form, uh, if you hang on to uh, the cutoff, then I think you are. Otherwise, I think you're going to have to go through the open qualifying, which um, takes place in numbers, numerous areas. The one kind of thing that I'm not 100% sure of is that the PGA Tour events, there are several events where guys get in by their, by their finish. There are qualifiers. We saw that, I uh, remember, a couple of years ago at, uh, at Hamilton when Gray McDowell got in by finishing, I think, in the top 10 or something at the uh, RBC Canadian Open. That's the only one that I think is a question mark for me. Will they stay with that? Will they make a live exception? Maybe the top-ranked golfer off live? Um, but I think they're going to try and keep it. And, and judging by what they did last year, by the way, they were pretty harsh on the live guys. Remember, they put them in terrible pairings and everything. I, I think it's going to be pretty tough if you are not uh, a past champion or a guy who's won a major like uh, that still qualifies to get into the Open Championship through some kind of direct route. Yeah, I you know I, I the Open Qualifying Series is the tournaments that uh, that that you're referring to there, and and I mean I could not I can't see or imagine based on on what was done in 2022 them creating live qualifying uh, series on like in other words a top three on live make it to the open, etc. I just can't see it. Although, Adam, he did say the Gulf Saudi investment in golf is good for the sport, uh, which caught me off guard. So again, I, I keep going back to the word contradiction because I find all of these statements completely opposing one another. Yeah, it sort of seems st status quo, the right word. I mean, we're sort of at the same point where we knew I mean, unless he, they came out and said that anyone who has teed up in a live tournament can now no longer play in the Open Championship, nothing's really changed, if that makes sense. I mean, as Bob was mentioning, you have the past champions, you have the guys who uh, have won majors in the last five years. So looking ahead to next year, this will be Patrick Reed's last year of major eligibility for all five, given he won the Masters in 2018. You know, Cameron Smith's obviously eligible, Dustin Johnson, and Bryson DeChambeau, those sort of guys. So uh, yeah, unless they come out and change this, which if... I would say if uh, you know if Augusta National and the Masters goes out and does this, I would think the other organizations would potentially follow in their lead. But as of now, live golfers, if they can somehow qualify, if a, a Taylor Gooch can somehow go and play a bunch of DP World Tour events or find his way to get more world ranking points, other than that, I don't see many of these guys going out to play in the Open Championship. So four aces wins the inaugural team event in Miami for the season uh, this week. Uh, very confusing. It uh, started off as a match play event and ended as a stroke play event. It was kind of all over the board. Uh, tickets going for sale for $1 on the secondary market to allow fans in. Uh, still no TV deal, uh, gentlemen. Still the closest thing to a TV deal, if you believe the rumors, is a, a time buy on uh, FS1, excuse me, Fox Sports 1, a time buy, including production costs, which would mean in 2023, they're looking at basically putting out about a billion dollars if you include all costs to run uh, this league. Um, 
Bob, how long can they keep going like this? What now? What next? And if this is the path, I was asked, you know, on social media, is this, is this series here in three years? And right now, based on what we, the current information we have, without a real media partner, without corporate sponsorship, I don't know if it exists in three years. Where are you at? Well, they've been given a three-year life span I, up front with $6 billion donated uh, or donated or attributed to it, I guess. I guess it is a donation, which is a drop in the bucket for the Sovereign Wealth Fund, which is worth like half a trillion dollars. So that's like you and I spilling our loose change on the bar after a uh, late night. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, think, uh, I do think these guys are, are in it for at least that part. And then it's going to get interesting. I mean... After after three years, if there's no TV deal, I mean they do have a they do have a streaming deal with DAZN. They do have little bits and pieces like CHCH TV, um, but there's no nobody's watching it. The biggest problem they have right now is that everybody is focused on how much money there is, how much money the Saudis are putting in, how much money the players are playing for, how much the guaranteed contracts are. Nobody is talking about the product on the golf course, about mm-hmm. golf, and unless they can switch that narrative. Um, then I think it's going to be a pretty short lifetime because I think these Saudis will eventually just say, okay, look, we give up. Or, or they're going to have some kind of a, a deal with the PGA Tour or with the European Tour. Something else is going to have to give. Right. If a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to see it, does it make a sound? And I feel like that's every live golf event. And Adam, the numbers from a streaming standpoint suggest that Miami, a domestic event, keep this in mind, a domestic event, was number six in terms of audience numbers. I mean, it is a, it's a downward trend, not an upward trend. It almost feels like the interest, the curiosity is out of the way. And now we're landing on, you know, what, 50,000 people. If you've got 50,000 people streaming worldwide on YouTube, you've got 50,000 people streaming on DAZN, you've got another 50,000, 60,000 watching on, you know, pocket terrestrial deals, etc. Call it a global audience of 200,000. That, that's not that's not interest. No, it's not interest at all. And I, I saw numbers of 33,000 people on YouTube streaming. And I, I did, you know, out of sheer curiosity, I did watch a bit of the last, uh, you know, the final stretch coming in. And we've had this conversation before. It, it was entertaining for sure because it's a team event. They're playing for all this dough. They mentioned all the money they were making about 24 times in the 10 minutes I was watching. But the overall product itself was not great. Like they weren't playing great golf. I know the the course was playing very hard, but aside from Cameron Smith, who played a really very solid round of golf, a lot of really, really scratchy golf shots, a really not, not shanks, but a lot of just very poor uh, overall shots in total. So I, I, I'm curious to see where this really does go from here. I, I know we're going to look ahead on SportsCenter a little later this week, taking a look back at the year that was and looking ahead to seeing what is actually next for a lay of golf. You have to give them credit because a year ago at this time, we were talking about this pie in the sky of what could be, and they've gone as far as they have and gotten all these great players. So give them credit for that. But the overall quality of golf is... It's just not very good as a golf fan and someone who covers the game. Well, it'll be interesting to see where we go from here. The rumor mill, unfortunately, the bots and the now the, the, the whole kind of narrative will take over as, as they like to do. Every name on the planet will be rumored to go to live in the next three to four months. You can you can bank that. Get that is a given that there's people being paid to go out there and, and throw out these fake narratives to begin with. Okay, so that's going to continue. 
uh, and we will wait and see what happens. If I think, you know, from day one, if there was ever going to be any pushback from anybody, uh, real pushback, it was always going to be from Augusta, in my opinion. We still haven't heard from them. Uh, but I don't anticipate Augusta doing anything really different. But I mean, if, if someone was going to do anything, a private club who walks to the beat of their own drum and always has, has always been Augusta National. So if anybody was ever going to do anything that was, uh, a little rough around the edges in terms of, uh, making a statement, in my opinion, it was always Augusta. Uh, Grayson Murray, guys, a tough couple of years for Grayson. WD from Bermuda. You know, took a leave of absence from the game, um, mental health, sus- substance abuse at time, at times. Uh, scooter accident, multiple vehicle, had the WD from uh, Bermuda, and we don't know where that's going to uh, land. We, you know, obviously we'll see how long he's out for, but a rough couple go for Grayson Murray. And the only one, you know, we didn't get to, guys, in news and headlines, Donald Trump. Donald Trump suggesting that the RNA is dying to get back to Turnberry, that they want the uh, open back at uh, Turnberry. And, uh, of course, uh, Martin Slumber says there's a, no, there's been no discussions at all of Turnberry. And uh, unless the open uh, is always the first thing in full focus, they won't be taking the open championship anywhere where it is not the star of the show. Okay, on the other side, it is the Bermuda and Bob Weeks nailing Seamus Power with his second his second career PGA Tour win. We'll take a look at Bermuda on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the TP5 and TP5X golf ball. Love every shot with the most complete ball in golf. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. PGA Tour Butterfield Bermuda Championship happened this week. Wow, those wins were strong all week and even on Sunday. Seamus Power, 1,900 parts, good for a one-shot win over Thomas Dietrich. Bob Weeks had him in the TSN Edge picks. That marks four weeks in a row for Team GTC as we strive for five. Heading to Mayakoba this week before we get into it. Seamus Power, closing round of 70, a one-shot win. Let's hear from the two-time winner now on the PGA Tour. Yeah, it was an interesting day. Like I felt, I felt great all day. Um, played very nicely for the first, honestly, for the first probably 14 holes. Played very, very nice golf. But it's just, it's so tough coming in. Uh, I was able to hang on some way close to Ben there. Like he made a, quite a few birdies there through 11. But I was able to just, just do enough coming in. But it was tough going. It was kind of a day full of all sorts of emotions because, again, the same as yesterday. You knew once you get to 12 tee that it was going, it was going to be the next hour and a half it was going to be really tough going. So I was able to make a couple birdies on the front and then kind of hang on there coming back in. But, I mean, absolutely over the moon. You know, the first one was, was amazing, but to, to be able to win again, you know, it's it's fantastic. I get the whatever. It's pretty much a three-year exemption and all the kind of cool things that come with it. And it's just, you know, so you're kind of so proud, and it's it's amazing to be able to do it again. Seamus Power gets it done. It was more Bob of a hold on for dear life coming home. Uh, survival of the fittest. No surprise that the Irishman does well in those windy conditions. And now Bob, he has his eyes set on Rome. Speaking out loud, verbalizing his goal at the start of the year was Ryder Cup, full stop. This win goes a long way. Yeah, there's a few guys who are uh, talking about that. Uh, Yannick Paul as well, another German guy who's looking at a, a spot over there as well. But it was a, 
uh, a little bit of a hang on, as you said, I think for a lot of the guys there. But you, you know, you look at the top of that leaderboard, and once again, you see kind of a big mix of players who are um, looking for coming back or trying to start restart their careers on certain levels. And uh, Power was one of those guys a couple just a couple of years ago. And now uh, two-time winner, as you point out, but you can look down to Ben Griffin, who 16 months ago was a, a mortgage clerk, I think, or an insurance clerk or something. There's, there's all sorts of interesting stories down that leaderboard with Aaron Badalay, uh, who had to Monday qualify. I mean, it's just, it's a really cool leaderboard on an event that doesn't, isn't really star-studded. Let's, let's admit to that. It wasn't the deepest of fields, but there's always some good stories in there. And I expect the same this week uh, as we head to Mayakoba, a bit of uh, who and uh, where are they from and trying to do a little bit more extra reading and a little bit more prep to find out some of the stories of where these guys come from. To your point, Ben Griffin, his best finish on the PGA Tour, but a couple shots uh, lead as we made the turn heading into the back nine. He had, he had a rough go, um, hard for the young player, but these are huge points. Remember, only 70 guys are going to make it to the FedEx Cup playoffs this year. So every little point counts as it gets tighter and tighter to make it to the playoffs. Um, Adam, Ben Griffin, a bit of a rough back nine, but from a Ryder Cup standpoint, to get back to that, Sergio Garcia had some comments earlier this week that he's kind of come to the, the conclusion that he's comfortable with that is likely his Ryder Cup career is over. Ian Poulter was not as... Uh, open with his comments of suggesting that he still plans on being part of the Ryder Cup and blah, blah, blah. In my opinion, the way this official World Golf Ranking Point system is going, nothing's going to change anytime soon. This is a long process. In all likelihood, Westwood, Poulter, Garcia, etc. That guard of the European Ryder Cup team is out, opening up huge spots for a potential new wave of players. Seamus Power could be one of them. This is a huge step forward in that direction. It sure is Seamus Power. Thomas Dietrich, too, who's played a lot of great golf as of late. Second place finish here. But in regards to, you know, your Ian Poulter, Sergio Garcia, Lee Westwood, the only way we see them at future Ryder Cups is if they buy a ticket and go watch as a fan. I, I just don't see them being there, period. Unless something radical changes right now, these guys aren't going to be anywhere near the Ryder Cup. And this is, uh, you mentioned, too, both of you about how these are wide open fields right now. I love this time here because these guys are going out and, you know, one week can change an entire life. And these are guys maybe that are uh, unheralded, if you will, in uh, to a lot of uh, sports fans, golf fans, that sort of thing. And these guys go out, they play a great, you know, great four days and they go on and win. Or guys who pick up their second career wins, like a Seamus Power, like a Mackenzie Hughes. That's why I love this time of year. And, and you know, this this week at Mayakoba, you know, Colin Morikawa's playing, Victor Hovland's playing, Scotty Scheffler's playing. So there, it, there is, it's a better field than last week, but it, it'll still be fun to track these guys on our TSN Edge Picks come Wednesday morning. Should mention that Nick Taylor, a tie for 23rd. So Nick playing some good golf to start this new season. He finishes 11 under par. Michael Glickick and David Hearn are going to miss the cut. So we will uh, shift focus now, look towards Mayakoba on Wednesday. Uh, be uh, Stay tuned to our social media feeds, Golf Talk Canada on Instagram and Twitter, as well as TSN Edge on Instagram and Twitter as we'll be sending out our picks for uh, for Mayakoba as there is only, what, three tournaments left before we close the door on the PGA Tour season. Uh, Mayakoba, what is next week, gents? I know uh, it Houston. goes Mayakoba. Mayakoba Houston RSM Classic from Sea Island, Georgia. That will put the full stop 
on the calendar portion of the event. And then after that, of course, we'll kick it off in Hawaii uh, in prime time in January. On the other side, we're going to do winners, weird, and what. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada's Aquino Weeks Scully. It is that time. The good, the bad, the ugly. Three dub, winner's weird or what? And Bob, this week, tea is yours, sir. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. All right, guys, my winner this week comes from uh, Manitoba, and it is Aaron Cockrell, uh, who's a fine young pro. Got to meet him this year at the uh, RBC Canadian Open when he came over and played after getting an exemption. And at the Portugal Masters last week, he finished tied for 27th, which doesn't sound like much. Um, you know, it's a good finish. It's a solid finish for a young golfer. However, it basically locks up his DP World Tour card for next year. So he's going to have privileges to go back in. He's going to try and maybe get a little bit higher before the year end. But good to see him fighting for his card. And, um, and Adam, I'm not sure if you've uh, had a chance to meet him or watch him play, but um, I think he's apparently one of the best putters that you're ever going to see. It's certainly when it comes to Canadian putters, we're not always that great for amongst our putting. He is an exceptional putter. He really is. He's an exceptional putter. I had a chance to briefly meet him at, as well at the RBC Canadian Open. And that was a wild time because he went, I think he went Toronto, Germany, Toronto in like, a, in like an eight-day span or, or something leading into the RBC, RBC Canadian Open. Good for him for locking up his membership for next year. Uh, my weird this week is um, takes us to a golf course in Utah, and uh, this is in Farmington, Utah, where I guess a guy named Davis Robles, who is 61, who was playing out there, didn't like the slow play of a guy in front of him. So he basically came up and asked him, he says, why are you playing so slow? At which point he said he, uh, he grabbed, a, uh, grabbed the guy, pushed him to the ground, Put his arm, the guy who was on the ground put his arms over his head. The other guy, Robles, is seen on the video that was submitted to police, hitting the victim five times around the neck, the head, the upper shoulders. Uh, some other golfers pulled this guy off, and as he tried to move away, he kicked the guy in the face, and uh, surprisingly, he, uh, shockingly, he was arrested. This is all based <laughs> on some guy ahead of him, slow play. Um, I know it's a little extreme, but my it's a lot extreme, actually, with slow play. This is not the tack to take people. Like, you can, you can call the marshal, you can yell at the guy, but fisticuffs and punching the guy out. Mark, have you ever gotten so mad that you'd wanted to strangle me when I'm playing no, with you? Well, I'm typically mad all the time uh, and irritated all the time, but it never turns into violence, although I've been known uh, to beat up myself, Bob. Hit myself, <laughs> hit myself in the shin, get mad at myself. Self-abuse, yes. Do the old Woody Austin, hit, the, hit yourself with the putter and bang it <laughs> off the head. Uh, and my, what this week is, if I was to ask both you guys, what would be the most important piece of your luggage that you would take with you 
when you were going on a golf trip? What would you guys say? Just throw, throw something out. Golf clubs. Air tag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, Adam Schenk uh, was playing in the Bermuda Butterfield, or the Butterfield Bermuda Championship last week, and on Monday, his wife was driving him to the, uh, to the airport, and uh, she kissed him goodbye, and he got out, opened up the truck, and found his luggage was there, but he forgot his golf clubs at home. <laughs> what? So, yes, you can believe it. He said he left the house, walked right by them. They were sitting in the garage, jumped in the car, and off they went. And so he uh, had to go back. He had to scramble to find another flight because there aren't too many flights. He eventually got one, uh, a direct one from Boston on a Tuesday to get over there, and he actually did play in the tournament. But I would suggest for most golfers that golf, their golf clubs is probably more important than even your luggage, uh, your clothing and stuff. So who knows? Anyway, Mark, you have the tea. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right. My truth this week, gentlemen, is the Cabot Group is growing again. It seems that every time we turn around, there's an announcement. If you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, we announced that uh, they purchased Castle Stewart, which I love, in Scotland. And there's plans for a second 18-hole layout at uh, Castle Stewart. This is, of course, after the development of uh, Cabot St. Lucia, which is coming. They purchased uh, Worldwoods in in Tampa, which is going to be called Cabot Citrus. What's the one in British Columbia, Bob? Rebel. Rebel um, I'm forgetting. Cabot Rebel Stoke. Rebel Stoke. So they are just growing by leaps and bounds. And now, this week, just in the last 48 hours, plans for a fourth golf course just around the corner in another town called Mabu, I believe. Mabu, Nova Scotia. Mabu. Uh, or is it Ma- Mabu? Mabu. And, okay, so a, a fourth course under the cabin umbrella out there. And they've taken over the, is it Vicky or V-I-C-I golf properties in the U.S.? Now, this excites me because they've taken over the management of four more courses. And why does it excite me? One of my absolute favorites, Cascada in Las Vegas, along with Rio Seco. Cascada is one of the finest. In fact, everybody flocks to uh, Las Vegas, and they're all trying to get on Shadow Creek. Everybody's trying to fight to get on Shadow Creek. And let me tell you right now, from somebody who's played almost every single golf course in Nevada, Cascada is the one you want to play. That is the best desert golf course in Nevada. Bob, have you ever played Cascada? I have played it numerous times, lucky enough, and uh, it is a real, I mean, it's a big piece of property, but it is stunning the way it goes through all the different, I don't know what you call it, hillocks and, you know, the, the dead zones out there and stuff. It's really cool, and it's got a waterfall, like, running right through the clubhouse, It's which it's is kind spectacular. of, if you see it, you'll understand it. It's not easy to understand, but it's a great golf course. Yeah, and Rio Seco is where Butch Harmon has his uh, school of golf. That's where Butch Harmon calls home, and that's a good segue, Adam, to my weird because my weird this week, Lydia Ko. Guys, two years ago, Lydia Ko was kind of lost in the wilderness. Uh, you know, her, her name had not showed up on a lot of the leaderboards. She wasn't winning golf tournaments. Uh, it wasn't the Lydia Ko that we kind of came accustomed to. She started to work with Sean Foley. And in two years with Sean Foley, she's right back to one of the best players in the world again. She's winning golf tournaments again. She won again last week. And then it was announced in the last couple of days that she's splitting from Sean Foley. Adam, this makes no sense at all. It totally doesn't. And you mentioned her being lost in the wilderness. And I remember we did a show, it was uh, April 2021, where Jordan Spieth and Lydia Ko both broke their very long slumps 
the same week. Spieth won the Valero Texas Open, and Lydia Ko won as well that same week. And and since then, she's had a very solid year again. So, and I, I know she's gone through what 10 12 different caddies as well so it's a bizarre story especially because sean foley really brought her game back because she you know years ago she was this uh this phenom coming up who was super young and won very young in her lpga tour career i'm very puzzled about this entire thing bob the results don't match up the decision here what's going on here makes unless it's my weird this week because it makes no sense at all (laughs) Yeah, and uh, it's interesting, the way the term that was used in the announcement was they're separating for logistical reasons, and I'm trying to figure that out, because they both live in Orlando, Sean and, and Lydia both live in Orlando, so they're obviously close by, uh, so I don't understand what logistical reasons is, unless Sean is spending a lot more time on the PGA Tour sites than can't visit, give her enough time, but she's gone through, as Adam said, gone through a lot of coaches, she had David Ledbetter and mm-hmm. Gary Gilchrist, and uh, she's now apparently back with Ted O, who is a guy from... Uh, the, her past that she worked with a little bit before. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what the next step is. But uh, this is confusing for sure. And my what? We'll go back to the live tour for my what this week, guys. Because if you're a live supporter and you, and you like what you see and you're a fan of it, you're going to point to Dustin Johnson and you're going to point to Cameron Smith and you're going to say, those are the two best players in the world. And if they were playing on the PGA Tour this year, uh, continue to play, they'd still be winning golf tournaments. And they, they would have changed the outcomes to a lot of the playoff events and yada, 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 yada. But if you kind of look at live through my eyes, you kind of look at Pat Perez as everything, stands for everything that's wrong with the live series. Pat Perez has basically done nothing all year other than need a haircut and need to get in shape. Uh, and he's standing on a podium collecting money each week for just showing up. And he shot 70 on the final day, and this was his quote. I get a lot of grief for never showing up. Today, today everyone can shut up, which is great, because I showed up. Buddy, you shot 200 par 70. You, like this, he's acting like he went out and shot 59 at Blue Monster. Bob, this is, this is ridiculous. I mean, I mean, get a haircut is all I got to say. <laughs> he could afford a haircut now. He could afford a really, he could afford to have a separate barber cut every one of his hairs, I think, on this head. But, oh. I mean, it's, it, again, this is kind of what we were saying before. Nobody's talking about the golf product. Everyone's talking about the money. I'm sorry, just like a 70 at the last round of the season as you stand on the podium with three guys that dragged you along for eight events. Eh, eh, X. All right, Scully, the T is yours. 348. Oh, Oh, man, that is sweet. Okay, gents, my winner this week goes to an amateur golfer who was playing a tournament in Australia. His name is Rowan McCarthy, and he did something that... I don't think many people probably have ever done in golf, period. He made a hole-in-one and an albatross in a four-hole stretch. Both of them. He went, now, I, I, because he's an amateur, he's a 20 handicap, so his back nine started par, triple, ace, double, triple, albatross. He's a 20 handicap, did you He's say? a 20 handicap. He went triple, <laughs> ace, double, triple, albatross. I mean, what are the you odds remember of the Toronto Hunt? Because that's usually our net events. <laughs> wow. But this is gross. He made an ace and an albatross in a four-hole stretch. Bob, how amazing is that? Wow. Uh, I would how think if he tried possible? to put that into the hole-by-hole scoring on the Golf Canada app, the thing would, would probably reject it. Say, come on, get real here. That's unbelievable. Yeah. 
It would explode. Yeah, uh, for sure. Okay, my weird this week, and this goes to a story. Tony Finau was on a podcast last week, and he told a story from his rookie season on the PGA Tour. And, you know, we've all been there, and sometimes nature calls. Sometimes you, you, you eat something, and it just doesn't sit right, perhaps. And sometimes... Sometimes you have to pass wind or you know, however you want to say it. And uh, he is, he is uh, a break wind, I guess. And he is on uh, the, uh, the first tee. And he, there's a crowd around, obviously. He's playing a PGA Tour event. And as he takes, he, he knows this is coming. And as he takes the club back, and I, I'm going to use his phrase, he rips a fart as he rips it back <laughs> in his own backswing. So people are laughing. And what does he do? He snap hooks this thing out of bounds. So he snap hooks it out of bounds, makes, makes a double bogey. I mean, Mark, I don't know how much we want to get into farting on this show, but uh, Tony Finau, this is uh, maybe a little... T- T- we saw, saw Scotty Scheffler with a TMI uh, a couple months ago, but this is maybe a little I got, TMI. I got two things here, Adam, two things for you. First of all, if you don't time that release correctly, that, oh, that's, that swing can hook. You release it too early, he's going to square up the club face. Of course, you can hook it. And the second thing is, only a young man, Bob could do this story in a rookie season. This is not a story you're ever going to hear on the Champions Tour because once you start approaching 50, you can no longer trust these things. <laughs> I always remember Mike Weir telling me the story that he'd had a couple of situations where he was playing in front of a crowd and had one happen, and as soon as it did, he just looked over at his caddy and said, Butchie, what are you doing? Blaming him. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good, but uh, Tony Fido, uh, that, that's a wild story. Okay, speaking of wild, my what this week, an amateur Caleb Surratt made the cut or was playing in uh, the Bermuda uh, Championship, an amateur, uh, fr- a freshman at Tennessee, and he had three of the wildest rounds we'll probably ever see. He birdied his last three holes to make the cut, so good for him. That's awesome. Third round, he starts out, you know, he's one over through four holes, not playing great. And then he makes an octuple bogey 12. He makes a 12. He pits four balls out of bounds, makes a 12. The weird thing about this is that he chipped in for a 12. So he had a, a zero putt 12. So that's awesome. Like, really, you know, good for you. And then on Sun, so he shoots 85 in the third round. Obviously not his best. Final round, he shoots 65. He goes from 85 to 65. Mark, that is... That is it's insane. the dumbest game of all time. It sounds like our scores at the Can-Am Cup, Adam. Just well, it sounds like you're, maybe not mine. I, I didn't go sixty-five the first round, but I mean, yeah. But I just want to know that? one thing: when when he chipped in for eighty-five, was there a fist pump? Uh, either a fist pump or a club throw or a club twirl. Probably either or any of the above. Oh, unbelievable! Reminds me of Sean Vanderbilt, Bob. With the seven and the fist pump to get in the playoff at the Open J. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, that is a. I wonder what the what the record is. We'll have to look it up. The record for largest gap between two rounds. You know, biggest comeback or be biggest pretty, fault. Well, th- there yeah, was uh, JB Holmes in the 2019 Open was the only player not to have a round in the 70s. He shot. It, it was three rounds in the 60s. He was playing in the second to last group on Sunday and shot 86 playing at the Open wow. Championship. So I, I, I'm guessing somewhere in that range too. But that's wild. All right, on the other side, not a lot of golf going on on the planet, but we will get you cut up on a, a couple of key leaderboards as we'll do some leaderboard updates and put a bow on what is our second-last live show of the season get you through the Golf Talk Canada winter schedule. This is GTC. 
This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wrap up today's show. Before we put a bow on it, let's take a look at leaderboards. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf. Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in all of golf. Visit bushnellgolf.com. The Asian Pacific Amateur Championship, Harrison Crow. It was a two-horse race. He shoots 69, 67, 67, 72. A one-shot win over Bo Yin of China. Harrison Crow was scheduled to turn professional not going to happen now till after April because he'll be heading to the Masters as a winner of the Asian Pacific Amateur Championship. Gets the invite each April. Congratulations to Harrison. He's off to the Masters. Okay, on the DP World Tour, as the leaderboard flips on me always when we go to do it, <laughs> DP World Tour was the Portugal Masters, Jordan Smith. 30 under par. I mean, did you guys see the scoring on the DP World Tour this week? Jordan Smith, 30 under, a three-shot win over Gavin Green. Look at these closing rounds on Sunday. 63, 64, 64. Those are your top three scores on the board. Unbelievable shooting on the DP World Tour. And the Butterfield Bermuda Championship, Seamus Power, Bob Haddam, and TSN Edge Picks, 19 under par. A one-shot victory over Thomas Dietrich at 18 under as the tour now heads to Mayakoba. Three events left on what will be the last ever wraparound schedule on the PGA Tour. We'll play Mayakoba, Houston, RSM Classic, close the door on the calendar year, and then head to Hawaii to kick off 2023. I'm off to Mayakoba. Uh, for PGA Tour Radio, my last event on the ground for radio this year. I'm going to work RSM from the studio, but my last event of the year on the ground. Uh, Skulls, you're back to Sports Center. Bob, what's up with you this week? You try to play any more golf? I might get out there. I'm uh, going to head off to New York on next weekend and run the marathon for something oh. to do, just for kicks. So we'll awesome. Try that that was Sunday. that Saturday? Uh, Sunday, Sunday morning. Sunday I'm morning. run through all five boroughs. We'll, we'll see if I can uh, last to the finish line. That's awesome. Good luck to you. We'll be watching that social media. Now, Bob, Adam, and I will go for five in a row on uh, TSN Edge this week. So uh, follow us at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram at TSN Edge. And we will be giving you our picks on Wednesday of who we like at Mayakoba. Looking for five straight weeks in the fall. Unheard of. I mean, I think we're in for a record year uh, for Golf Talk Canada Edge in 2023. This is our uh, second last live show. We're not going anywhere. Our winter schedule, one hour every Monday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Every Monday, we'll do a one-hour, 60-minute GTC right through to January 23rd. Uh, next week, we'll be live. I'll keep you gents up to date on what's happening in Mayakoba on how I can participate next Monday. <laughs> And then we're going to go into some pre-recorded specials. We'll do year and reviews. We'll take deep dives into some uh, topics that deserve 
uh, 60 Minutes, uh, The Year of Live, for example, uh, The Year of Team Canada, etc. And that'll bring us to January 23rd. January 23rd, we will kick off Season 13, a two-hour live Golf Talk Canada, 10 a.m. to uh, 12 noon Eastern, TSN 1050, iHeartRadio, across the TSN radio network. Season 13 with a huge announcement that will uh, kick off what will be the biggest season of Golf Talk Canada ever. Looking forward to that. Uh, Gents, you have a great week. Bob, keep it straight. Uh, good luck in the marathon. We'll be following you on social media. I will be bringing my rain gear to Mayakoba as it is rainy season in the jungle and we get soaked every year. So we'll have to keep an eye on another Monday finish. I remember calling Graham McDowell a few years ago on a Monday there. So my, uh, my trip might be a little longer than anticipated. Adam will be watching you on SportsCenter. Congratulations again. You absolutely nailed it. We Thank knew you. you would, so we'll be watching you this Thank week. You. And if you're playing golf, uh, try to get that dispersion uh, down from 250 yards mm. to 170 yards. <laughs> if you can get just squeeze it 80 yards, you got That's it. That's the goal. I, I got a I tip from our guy, Dennis Paulson. Uh, we were a little better, a little closer. I mean, maybe like oh, 120 my. yards this, this weekend. Way little... better near, yeah. near the end. Way better. All right, boys, have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360-22. Tour 360-22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.